0: Welcome to Between the Races podcast uh, with none other than Mitch Evans today. The show is brought to you by AS3 Performance Parts, the home of aftermarket motocross and injury parts, from hardware and protection parts including skid plates and radiator braces to performance cooling parts including silicone radiator hoses and oversized impediment kits. AS3 also has a huge range of brake, clutch and gear levers, all with different features and adjustability. Check them out online, as3performance.com dot uk mitch evans great to see you great to hear from you uh it's been a while i think the last time we spoke was in france uh, on a post-race podcast and things were looking good you just returned uh returned back from sort of injury um it was bit by bit to, to get back race fit but the results have been there and um you've been performing ever since
1: yeah hey mate thanks for having me on um yeah it's been a while since we last did a podcast so good to be back and uh yeah things were looking good then um yeah we got on top of a lot of things like I was starting to feel um quite crappy uh physically at that time and yeah got some bloods done and yeah straight away after the doctor gave me some supplements like a few days later I started feeling way better so that was a quick and easy fix, thankfully, and then um, yeah, I was able to get back into training quite a quite a bit, and uh, ended up changing um, trainers since then. Now I work with uh, Kevin Strobos, the um, ah, yeah, team trainer. Strybos. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's been good. Um, things have been going well. I'm feeling way better physically. My numbers off the bike uh when i'm yeah cycling or running and in the gym and whatnot uh a way up um yeah even better than what they were at the end of last year so um yeah feeling really good physically and um yeah just unfortunately hasn't transitioned over to my results uh, at the races yet
0: Let's go back to uh what was it? Was it a B12 thing or what what was it was causing you the um the early issues with uh what sort of supplements did you take just to sort of get back onto um a level playing field again?
1: Yeah, so basically, uh if you remember last year at the end of the year, like in Turkey, um yeah, the first motor on the Sunday, I led like 15 or 18 minutes of it, and then I just threw the anchor out and um, yeah, ended up like 13th or something. Um, turns out then, yeah, I was uh, battling like a type of uh, monovirus, um, one of those sort of viruses. And, um, yeah, it just was bringing down my immune system. And, um, yeah, with the with the time off of uh, in, in the winter, yeah, I was able to get over that. But then once I started training all the time, my immune system just uh, stayed very low and weak and uh so yeah i was able to like get through the winter because i had recovered after last season and then yeah by the time we got to like argentina that's when i started feeling really bad again and it was basically yeah, just because my immune system couldn't keep up so basically it's just been like uh amino acids to to boost my immune system and yeah it's It was quite funny that it could be such like a simple fix like that because, yeah, I never would have thought that just having a low immune system would make you feel so tired and crappy all day. But, um, yeah, it's just uh, it's like uh, it was like two little pills that you break open and drop under your tongue. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, made a, made a world of difference, um, yeah, in the morning and before you go to bed. So, um, yeah, really, really glad that we got on top of it quite quickly. And, um, yeah, I mean, obviously it would have been nice to get on top of in, in November last year, but, yeah, we thought everything was fine back then. Um, so, yeah, really thankful for the team doctor. Um, I find he's been, like, the best best doctor that we've that I've ever worked with. Okay. and um yeah a really good
0: guy ah that's cool so um for those that don't kind of uh um you know kind of remember history uh, obviously from australia come over to mxgp spent a long time in uh uh with the 114 team, um on the mx2 bike then graduated to uh hrc and yeah. then um you know uh, a few injuries o- 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 you know over the years one was the uh, wrist which was uh we spoke about uh you know in depth in, in December we've got that nice little video coming out soon on MX Vice but that was near enough a career ending injury Mitch at one point you actually thought that you weren't even going to be riding this year
1: yeah yeah it was uh yeah actually it's funny I was thinking only thinking about um how my career is being in Europe um just the other day and I feel like yeah once I sort of Get on top of one thing, then I struggle with another thing, and um, or yeah, like I've never really been able to show like my true potential because, yeah, just before I broke my wrist, I felt like I was finally at that level of being able to yeah fight for the front, and then yeah, just one little mistake where you over jump a jump and it can end your season, and then yeah, not knowing at the time could also possibly end end your career. So that was a difficult one, but yeah, before. That wrist injury, I also had uh, dislocated my shoulder at round two of um, just before the COVID happened. So yeah, did the COVID lockdown, had shoulder reconstruction, then started riding again only two weeks before the season started back in Latvia. And then we did the three in Latvia, three in Fire Enzo and started to really make some good progress there. And then, um, yeah, then we went to Spain and, yeah, just over jumped the jump. And, yeah, it was quite a bad injury. I didn't really realize at the time because I got the x-ray at the track and and the doctor there just looked at the x-ray or it was actually the CT scan at the track and he saw it and just goes, oh, yep, yeah, just the plate and screws and patch it back on and it will be good to go. But, yeah, little did I know that I had broken my radius from the joint and it, like, shattered into a million pieces so it wasn't as simple as just putting a few screws and a plate onto to patch it back onto onto the radius so i went to the went and had surgery the next day in milan and unfortunately because it the bone had completely broken off from my radius they said okay you need to have surgery like straight away and with the lockdown restrictions of going back to australia you had to do two weeks hotel quarantine to before you could yeah go see a doctor in australia so yeah it was we had to we i kind of had no choice and and the only doctor available was a hip specialist but i didn't know that at the time i thought yeah it was a wrist specialist and we had the surgery done and and oh, it's the most pain i had ever experienced when I woke up from... They first originally told me the surgery would only take one hour and it ended up taking three hours because, yeah, once they opened it, they realized it was so much worse than what the x-rays and CT scans showed. And when I woke up from the surgery, it felt like they just butchered my arm. Like I was in so much pain. And, yeah, in Italy, not speaking Italian ask them for more morphine because yeah it wasn't doing anything and they would just uh stick it into into my leg instead or into my shoulder instead of putting it through the IV drip that they had in me and yeah it just wasn't really doing anything and I ended up spending like four weeks in Italy trying to do rehab and yeah no matter what I told anybody that I thought something was still wrong with the wrist they they didn't want to it, they didn't want to believe me, and they just kept saying that I'm a sook and I yeah don't have a high pain threshold and blah 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 and all this. So in the end, I decided to yeah fly back to Australia, do two weeks two weeks hotel quarantine, and then I could finally see my doctor. And yeah, I got another CT scan done. Then so this is eight weeks after the surgery. So yeah, most of the bone is healed and whatnot. And as soon as he opened up the image on the on the TV or on the computer screen, he his uh, reaction was oh, and yeah. Me sitting there when I hear a doctor say that, I yeah. I, when great. you already have, when you already have a feeling in yourself that it something's not right, because even when you looked at it, there was still an S bend in my wrists. So and then when you hear the, the surgeon say this, yeah, I knew it wasn't good. And yeah, it turns out they. They, because a lot of the bone had just smashed into a heap of pieces, they just threw away a lot of the bone rather than trying to like patch it back together properly. And uh, there was still, there was like a big step in the end of my radius. So there wasn't enough bone on the bottom side of it, which meant my, the bones on the other side of the joint in my hand didn't have enough like bone to support itself. So my hand was still dislocated. That's why I still had like a big S-bend in my wrist. And, um, yeah, so then we tried doing another surgery to, to fix it while keeping like a normal wrist because he gave me an option. He said, you can either do like, a yeah, try and fix it and keep like a normal wrist or do a partial fusion, which is what I have now in the end. But at the time I had just turned 22. And I was thinking, damn, if I'm already getting like a partial fusion at 22, and he he said, yeah, normally we don't do those type of surgeries until you're like 60 or 70. I said, yeah, okay, well, of course I'm going to try and keep a normal wrist for as long as I can. And so he said, yeah, okay, well, we can do that one. I can't guarantee you that it's going to like fix it completely. And I can't guarantee you that, yeah, you're going to be able to ride again without having another without having the partial fusion i said yeah well i want to take the risk anyway because yeah otherwise i'd always be living with the what if yeah. and he also told me that okay well when you have a second surgery so close to the first one it's going to take longer to heal as well so normally it should take six to eight weeks it's going to take three months before you can start writing because it the wrist has already gone through so much trauma before. I said, yeah, okay, thanks, doc. You're really giving me some some great information here, <laughs> some great news. Um, so then, yeah, we ended up doing that one in December and I started riding again in March. And uh, he said, look, you just keep riding and if it keeps getting better, then then that's great and hopefully i don't hear from you but if it stops getting better or it gets worse then then you need to call me again and i rode for like 2 months but it wasn't really riding it was just like trail riding around because i still had so much pain in my wrist and i went and saw like three different other doctors in italy and yeah they all gave me the same verdict was yeah you need a partial fusion that's the only way it's going to fix what you what you have going on in there so Yeah, I made the decision to fly back to Australia uh, in June of 21 that was and again another two weeks hotel quarantine and then I had to wait another three weeks before I could get surgery as well because yeah, some rules with the hospital at the time and uh, that was only when the doctor could could fit me in so ended up getting the partial fusion done and again because I had already had so much trauma to the wrist and that being such a big surgery he said yeah it's gonna take like 3-6 uh, to six months again uh, before you can start riding so that was uh, in ju- mid-July I got it done and I was able to start riding again mid-November so um, yeah unfortunately I missed a whole of 21 season and then started riding again in in uh, november and it was quite good in the beginning because yeah i had a lot of time to heal and and i but there wasn't much force going through it but once i started riding more and more then the inflammation kept building up and and then that was bringing the pain and and then uh yeah we did the medley basin gp at the beginning of the year and i was in so much pain like i could barely hold on and um, we ended up going and getting a cortisone injection and it got rid of all the inflammation and swelling and well, it just even in everyday life because my wrist was like twice the size as my right wrist um, just from all the swelling and inflammation in there. And as soon as that went away, it was night and day difference. And since then, yeah, I haven't really had a problem with it other than the occasional, yeah, casing a jump or over jumping something. But, um, yeah, ever since then, it was like I could finally actually start riding my dirt bike again without being worried about the pain or the pain hindering me. So, um, yeah, from it was, what did we do? Round two was uh, a month last year. And, uh, yeah, from that GP, it was basically like my, my training season and, yeah, season really actually could start fully then.
0: Howdy, how? I can't believe that, you know, all that time um you know lost just from from the yeah. rest that's pretty much 12 months wasn't it you, you literally just wrote off from either having surgery waiting for surgery uh yeah. that type of thing and crazy to think that you've only had a cort- cortisone injection since yeah and the rest has been fine
1: yeah um yeah so i broke my wrist uh it was like the 10th of october in 2020 and yeah the Finally, when I could start riding again was like the fifteenth of November, so of uh, twenty one. So yeah, like a a year and year and one month. And um, yeah, like I said, it's unfortunate that that I had the first surgery in Milan, but uh, yeah, a lot of other factors played into that. Um, and yeah, it, it's one thing to to sit on that and and yeah, kind of you you got to let it go at some point because, yeah, you can't change the past. But another thing that that quite annoyed me at the time was that when I, I think it was at the end of 2021 or no, it was at the beginning of 21, um, the Dakar rally had just finished and uh, Toby Price uh, crashed and broke his collarbone or shoulder or something and um yeah he flew back to australia and he went and saw the doctor straight away and um if they needed to do the surgery at the time they would have been able to do the surgery but he ended up doing two weeks of quarantine but in a hospital nobody could come and see him or whatever and then once he finished those two weeks he finally got the surgery and yeah his doctor was the same as my doctor and so when i went and had one of my checkups i asked him i said so if I had it like called you or whatever and we all organized it, I could have flown back to Australia straight away and could have done the surgery straight away. He said, yeah, if you need to have the surgery done straight away, then yeah, there's protocols that we can do to, to have you do that and you do the surgery and then you still do the quarantine. And yeah, that's another thing that added to like my frustration because if the first surgery had been done properly, then one, I would still have a normal wrist. and two, I would have been back on the bike straight away. I wouldn't have missed the twenty twenty one season. So, a lot of those things like built up, that added to my frustration and anger, kind of thing. But at the end of the day, you just got to let them go. Otherwise, otherwise, you just yeah get angry and mad over nothing that you over something that you can't change.
0: Yeah, but sort of back then the information wasn't as good as what it is now because of COVID. It puts so many yeah. pieces under pressure and information was a bit of a nightmare. Like uh, that whole cold COVID period, I just want to forget anyway, because it was a, yeah. it's a it was a, a bad old time. And, uh, you know, fair play for, um, you know, recovering. Cause I can remember talking to you and it was, it was at one stage, it was like, maybe this is it. Maybe you, you're kind of 22 years old in the, that's the professional um you know your job over and yeah. over which is insane
1: yeah so at the end of last year i went home and and had the plate and screws removed uh in october and yeah when i had when the surgeon come and saw me the next day after the surgery just check if everything was okay he told me that yeah i didn't want to tell you back when i first saw you in december of 2020 but now that, yeah, now that you've gotten back to the top and, yeah, you've competed with the best again, um, I, I can tell you now that when I saw you back in December of 2020, I thought uh, you would never be able to race a, a dirt bike competitive, competitively again at that level anyway um, with the risks that, you saw, that that he saw at the time. So, um, yeah, a little bit crazy to think, yeah, you know, well, like credit to him because yeah the whole time he was always like to my face like very optimistic like yeah we can do this and yeah the partial fusion will definitely work and you'll be able to get back there no problem but yeah then when he tells you this is kind of like Well, okay um yeah but well, maybe i i should have looked a little bit harder into into seeing what else i would do <laughs> other than racing um but but yeah like 2021 was was a really big eye-opener for me and in the end I was kind of grateful for it because yeah it showed me a lot of things in in life outside of motocross that one I would be interested in doing as like a job and just other things like hobbies and and other enjoyments in my life and it made me a better person and at the end of the day I'm grateful for it now but um there's still those days where it crosses your mind. Like, man, if I just had a normal wrist, I think, yeah, I'd be a better rider or whatever. But, um, yeah, you can't think like that because if you think like that, then, then you're already defeated. So, um, it's a, always a work in progress. That one,
0: I guess, um, with the limitations of your wrist, you've had to work at ways of compensating, uh, and riding around it. Is it kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, to overcome these things hey you have to just kind of have that mindset of right this is what i'm 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 dealing with um and i'm just gonna have to make the best of it what what have you had to do riding wise to um be more adaptive to, to the wrist
1: yeah not so much the the only thing that um that there's been two main things that uh that have kind of changed and uh The first one is more just it it annoys my ocd kind of thing um because of the lack of movement in my in my wrist i used to run my my levers like level with my handlebars and my clutch lever and brake lever and um if you if you go and have a look at my bike you'll now notice that the brake lever is higher than the clutch lever because i had to move the clutch lever down a little bit because yeah when i stand up and like it getting over the front of the bike, I can't leave my finger on the, on the clutch while still having my hand on the handlebars, because if it's too high, yeah, my wrist doesn't bend like that enough. Um, so, yeah, I had to move the clutch lever down and that kind of noise with my OCD because, yeah, normally they used to always have to be perfectly level, like perfectly the same. And if they weren't the same, then yeah, everything had to be changed. And so now I, I've had to get used to one being lower than the other, um, and uh, which, in a way, is probably easier because yeah, it's easier to make one lower than, than getting them both in le- like level with each other. Um, and the other thing is, yeah, I get I'm, listening- I'm laughing at
0: the OCD, and I can't stop laughing because for <laughs> those, those people who don't know Mitch, um, we went to.
1: <laughs>
0: we went to <laughs> like, the we odds, uh last year, and Mitch, you know, very nicely said, "Come around to the apartment. Uh, we can set up the studio in there. It will be fine." Uh, then I got to know about uh, Mitch's OCD because as we're putting back, uh, actually, we're, we're breaking down the studio, and we've had to move all this furniture to get the studio in. And as we're as we're literally putting it back, he's lit- I swear he had a tape measure at some point where he's measuring. <laughs> The rug was in the right position, and <laughs> and no one's allowed to stand on the rug. And um, that rug,
1: yeah, of course, I still got that rug. Every person who comes over to our place always says, "Wow, this rug is so nice." <laughs>
0: So Mitch is there literally lining up all the furniture while we're just like looking at him going, well, I'm pretty sure it was back where it was. Nope, nope. It has to be in line with this. So that's Mitch's OCD. Mitch's OCD is probably on another level to um, uh, anybody else.
1: Mm, I don't think so. It's just about being clean and tidy. That's all it is. And you're allowed to stand on the rug, just not with shoes on.
0: Shoes on, that's it. Yeah, sorry.
1: Yeah. 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 It was already it was already enough that I let you just keep your shoes on while you're in the house, anyways. So. I know, I know. Thank you so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, what else did you have to? Uh, obviously, the OCD is a thing, but what about yeah. riding styles? It change your riding style at all?
1: Uh, yeah, of course, my riding style, like, uh, yeah, I can't get that elbow up as as much as before, um, and especially when I'm turning because, yeah, I don't have that movement like, uh, we call it doorknob grip, uh, technique. And, um, yeah, to the way you got to move your wrist to yeah, keep your hand on the handlebars, but get your elbow up. Yeah. yeah. I can't really do that anymore. So yeah, you can always see, well, I always see in pictures or whatever. Yeah. my left elbow is way down compared to the other one. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, like I don't notice the lack of movement so much um only if it's painful that that's the part that really um hinders me but uh yeah the other thing was that i get blisters in in places where i never used to get blisters before and <laughs> i'm always taping my left hand and never my right hand because i always just get blisters on my left one and never on my right hand so okay. I, I don't know if it's i think it's just because yeah i can only hold on to the handlebar in one way now that yeah just that one spot in my hand just gets overworked and and yeah I always have to tape it up
0: so another uh, injury which might have bypassed a few people was um you had the fantastic performance at last year's um uh nations with you know with Australia yep. uh, taking the podium um you know taking it right away down to the wire uh which must have been you know an amazing moment for you but pretty much that never nearly never happened because, uh, in Turkey, was it the second race? Yeah. You were riding and in Turkey, you were riding so well. And, uh, it all seemed, I don't know if it was, but it, it felt to me like everything started to work for you in Turkey that you, you, we started to see the old Mitch back in, uh, you were absolutely flying. Like you say on the race one leading like sort of, was it 15 laps, 15, 16 laps?
1: Uh, yeah, it was half, half the race. And then, um, yeah, and then I just threw the anchor out. Unfortunately, so
0: it was just literally coming up to the jump, wasn't it? Literally, was
1: that was yeah. that a issue? Uh, yeah. I mean, that track is is how yeah that track is quite um yeah can catch you off guard kind of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, to me at that time of the year, I was really the only part of the bike that I was struggling with was that, um, was the rear shock on that bike. And, um, yeah, I, I had never really been the biggest fan of the BFRC shock. And I asked for the whole three years that I was at HRC to go back to the, the normal one. Um, but yeah, unfortunately it wasn't allowed, but, uh, I would say, yeah, majority of my crashes towards the end of last year were because of that shock and um yeah a lot of people probably won't agree with me on that one um of course at the end of the day me crashing is still down to it's still down to my fault you know but um for sure that one in turkey um could have been avoided if we had the other shock on there but um yeah it was something that just happened so fast and um yeah, one thing that I found with that shock is it like changed throughout the throughout the motor. Um, yeah, once it would get hotter, then it would start. Yeah, the, it'd give a different feeling, and um, yeah, the the main reason why I always asked to get rid of that was because when when it does something unpredictably. Unpredictable. It does it so fast that there's nothing you can really do about it, and that's what happened in Turkey. And yeah, before I knew it, I was flying through the air, and before I even hit the ground, my thought in the air was, "Oh, here we go, not again." You know, like I wasn't even worried about hitting the ground. I was just like, oh, "I'm so over this." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, but that that that's what I mean. Like. Uh, at, at, towards the end of last year, yeah, before Locket, we found like magic setting, um, especially in the forks. Like I was struggling with the bike all year, and and we finally found it in the Tuesday before Locket, and I was so happy with the bike, and yeah, we went to Locket, and in time practice straight away, I was P two and qualifying like almost P one. Only it was. from tim in p1 and um and then yeah every race on until the end of the year i was top five in every time practice um so yeah like i was really really happy with the bike and i could finally start showing like my full potential and then yeah unfortunately i think it was like uh just before the weekend of france that's when i started feeling really bad and And, uh, yeah, at the time we didn't know, but now we know that it was because of one of those viruses and that's, that's like what I was saying at the beginning of the podcast is when I finally start to get on top of things like with the black side and I really start feeling like myself again, and I can show my true speed, I deal with something else that, yeah, that I can't even survive 10 minutes of the race. And, um, even. Before I went to Turkey, like I had like three days off before because I think like on the Tuesday I went cycling and I could barely get my heart rate above like 100, but my speed was like 36 kilometers an hour average or something. It was something ridiculous, but it felt like so physically hard for me. And I found at that time it was like, yeah, if I had like a rest day, then then the next day I'd be good. But the day after that, I'd be really bad again. So leading into Turkey, I had like the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off and Saturday went really good. Um, yeah, almost won the quality race, got fast on the last lap, was, uh, fastest in time practice and yeah, felt really good on the bike. And then as soon as I woke up Sunday morning, I, yeah, I knew the day was already over because I didn't even want to get out of bed. I felt that crap. And, um, and then, yeah, also that crash could have been from, from, yeah, not being strong enough at the time. And, um, yeah, but boy, when I hit the ground hard, I knew something was wrong straight away. And
0: that time it was the hip, wasn't it? You fractured the hip.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, like chipped a bit of bone off from the, from the pe- pelvis, like, uh, yeah, where your, where your femur sits in there. So what the doctor said was, yeah, it's like your femur w- went to dislocate and, um, yeah, just chipped off the bone instead. So he said, yeah, at the end of the day, you'd prefer it to just chip off than fully dislocate your hips. Uh, um, he said, yeah, it, luckily it's not like a um, – it's not a, a part where it's um, like is a sta- stabilizing or part of the hip or whatever so um he said yeah like three weeks or whenever the pain allows you, you you can oh two weeks even he said um and you can start riding again so I thought okay sweet by uh motocross and nations I'll be okay and so I had two weeks off and I went riding on the Monday and Tuesday before nations and I was still in so much pain and uh yeah like I could barely sit down every time I hit a bump, I, I wanted to stand up anyway because it was so painful. And, um, I was thinking, Oh, it's too late now to, um, to like call somebody else, you know? So I said, I have to go and just deal with the pain because yeah, I for me, for nations, I've always been like, it's a team event. I, I don't care if, like if I miss it, I want Team Australia to do the best they can. So if that means me not going, then I'm happy to put my hand up and say, hey, look, guys, I'm not ready. So like that's that was kind of the situation that I was in that I was like, yeah, if I'm not ready, then I definitely think somebody else is going to do better than me. But for sure, a healthy me is going to be better than anybody else at the time. So um, I was trying to do everything I could to, to be on the bike and another thing that was weighing on my mind too was the weekend before was my sister's wedding and that was in australia so yeah if i end up going to motocross the nations then not actually racing instead then i probably could have went back to australia and gone to my sister's wedding as well you know so when i be telling me yeah when i definitely missed that i said well there's i have no choice i have to go now and um yeah we got there on the thursday and yeah i got to give a big shout out to john park the um team physio that uh, team australia normally always brings over he worked wonders on me and yeah got me moving so much better and by the sunday i wasn't even in pain thanks to the work that he he did on me so um but yeah the it, in uh, in the warm up on saturday I was kind of yeah a bit like nervous like don't make it any worse you know because i was still in pain and like yeah the third lap i go down the hill and um everybody knows red bud after the start where you drop down the hill and you have the left and it's like that little double around the corner yeah i tucked the front over that and i just landed straight on my hip and I had so much pain and I was like oh, here we go and yeah I just rode around slow for like half a lap and the pain went away so I was like okay thank God for that. that was lucky. But um yeah it was uh it was very close to me saying hey guys uh, you need to pick somebody else and then yeah we did the whole weekend and I didn't the only people that knew were uh, my brother, my trainer John Wesling my girlfriend and her family because yeah it's uh it was my girlfriend and her family that took me to the hospital to find out and then uh even John Park didn't know the the team physio didn't even know and um yeah he was like oh if I hadn't known that I wouldn't have done some things on you blah 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 and uh and then yeah at the end of the weekend i ended up telling everybody and they're like oh well from now on you need to like if something happens you have to tell us straight away and blah 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 but i said hey look we're on the podium so it doesn't matter
0: yeah i can remember, I, I was actually there when you uh you kind of yeah. asked everyone so uh, it was definitely that's how it happened where people just like what first it was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, you actually broke your hip and now you're riding the nations. And then it was yeah. like, why don't you tell us? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Hey, it all ended really well. So, um, yeah, uh, you, you know, I can, I can only imagine, um, what it must be like to represent your country and sort of growing up in, in, like you say, you, you, you race for years we, you know, we've known the Lawrence's for a long time. So yeah. you didn't want to let them down. You didn't want to let Australia down and, and you have done what needed to be done. But, um, yeah, yeah, I, I can only imagine the panic what was going through your mind when you attacked uh, that front.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 That's like you said, there's so much that, that goes on for that race. And yeah, Red Bud's such a nice track, too. So um, yeah, I didn't want to miss it. And I was at, at the best I had been, uh, like, yeah, like condition wise and speed wise for a Motocross and Nations, too, you know. So. I didn't want to miss it to to see what I could do against America on the, on their soil, and um, yeah, sure it wasn't the best prep, but uh, at the end of the day, we ended up on the podium. I'm not super happy with how Moto 2 went with um, yeah, tucking the front on the first lap actually i came together with um prada and yeah that's like we lock bars kind of thing and that's why i crashed and then i ended up crashing again like two laps later and yeah i was kind of just like okay hopefully jet brings it home and uh and i'll just keep circulating in case his bike um doesn't make it or something yeah
0: um one of the things which uh, you know, I've done so many podcasts this year. In uh, you talk to riders about kind of this year and in previous years, and and one of the things which always pops up is uh, you know, like you, you guys are the best riders in the world, and uh, you know, some of you are paid you know very very well, others aren't paid as well as others. Um, but at the end of the day, you are you know, these teams spend like millions a year getting you guys to a race. And, uh, one of the things which always comes out of these podcasts is, is when you're talking to riders and they're like, um, they want to get the best, they want to be the best, but, um, the feedback, what they kind of give the teams in, in, in stuff like that over the years is like, I'm trying to explain, like, I want to get better, but there's something like holding me back. Like the, the front keeps tucking on, on this bike, or, uh, like you said, the rear shock with, um, uh, with Honda, you know, um, you know, back then. So it's like, it just amazes me how you guys are paid all this money. You're risking your lives. You know, you're, you're and and sometimes in teams, this you're, you're kind of it falls on deaf ears. This, but it's not just like, um, like what you just said about the the rear shock. Like, is it, so many riders are, are saying the same things. Is is that is it kind of something which goes on? Do you hear about it a lot when you're talking to other riders that, you know, like uh, last year such and such. Like the teams, you know, it could be a team, or it could be a particular suspension person who just kind of won't listen. Is kind of their way in no way.
1: Yeah, it goes on everywhere, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not always like the same reason uh, at each team, you know. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know how it is for for other teams, but yes, from my experience, it has been. Um, yeah, it's, it's the deal that they have with, with other brands or whatnot. So, um, yeah, at the end of the day, you can't really do much about it. And, um, and I find from, from the Japanese side, and and this is something that I really respect from them is they, they have like a, like really structured way of of working and, um, yeah, they're, they're not going to give you something that you, that they can't promise you that they're gonna, that you're going to be able to use or that they can't continue to, like, they don't have enough in production or whatever to continue to give to you. So from that side, I really respect because, yeah, no point them giving you something and you write it and you love it and then they say, oh, yeah, but we can't use it, you know. So yeah. Um, But, yeah, there's obviously deals and whatnot that you can't overturn, especially not in the middle of the season and whatnot. And, um, yeah, that's like the position that I'm in at the moment. We, we know what the problem is, but there's nothing we can really do about it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's not a, not a fun situation to be in, but, um, that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah.
0: It must be frustrating. I know that, um, you know, like this year with, um, with standing construct pools and, and Brian, you know, struggled with the the Honda and it's a new bike and everything else and. um, you know, as many conversations you have, and you can't really talk too much about it. But you know, it's—I it, just find it a bit weird where, 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 um, you know, teams and manufacturers are spending all this money on a rider, yet, like, when they're giving, you know, feedback, about, I'm really struggling with this, and if we can improve this, or sure. if I can change this, or, or do this, and they don't do it, and it's like, oh my god, like, it, you know, it, I I always kind of feel, and I know, that you know, Johan Westermarket, um, uh at JWR he's very much uh, a a rider you know he's all about the riders so he's like if the rider's happy and if the rider's happy with a bike I'm gonna get the best out of him yeah I I find like even though he's not a factory team and he's like a he's not really doesn't even really get any support with bikes and stuff he just pretty much does it all out of his own pocket but um it, it just makes you laugh how like someone like Johan is like, he, he gets it. He gets like to get the best out of the rider. Like I can remember your trainer, Kevin Strybos, when he was on, uh, on JDBR riding for, for Johan in his first year. And Johan was like, Kevin, tell me, what do you want? I will go and buy it. <laughs> and yeah. he, he would go out and buy a factory A kit suspension from technical touch because he didn't want to ride yeah. it. And you know, at, at the time, like literally he done everything spent so much money on making sure that Kevin had absolutely everything he needed to, um, to, to get the results, what he, he, he wanted to So I think in the end, I think, don't think Kevin gelled too much with the Yamaha. Um, so, you know, you could change, there's only so, so many things you can change, but it sounds like you change a manufacturer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But It's, uh, it's just these stories which, which come out and I wanted to talk to you about it because obviously the Honda thing prompted me to, um, to, to talk to you about it because, uh, it's just an interesting situation, Hey, where you're kind of like giving them the feedback and you're telling them yeah you know, like you say, the, the rear spring in the, in the Honda, it's like, Hey guys, I'm finding it really uncomfortable. It's, it's not. You know, it's not given, I'm not able to give my best because I guess yeah. it's another thing as well is the trust in the bike. You've got to have that trust to be able to go that extra bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's quite funny you bring that up because it, it's everything that I've been struggling with this year has been pretty much exactly the same as last year. And uh, yeah, it, but. It it happened in a different way. Like uh, this year we just got the bike really late. So yeah, things take a lot longer. Whereas last year when we did the, normally do like a big test at the end of the last season, but uh, yeah, I had only just started riding again in November. So I didn't do the testing. And then in January, yeah, I was still in quite a bit of pain when I was riding. So, and I was really off the pace. I was like 10 seconds a lap slower than Tim. So yeah, the testing I did then, once I had the cortisone injection and my speed started getting way faster, of course the setting that I have on the bike isn't gonna work now, now that I'm yeah, quite a lot faster. And so from from like uh, March on, I was asking for heavier fork springs in um in the in the front. And uh
0: that, and- it's just bottoming out, it was like too soft?
1: Yeah, um, a, a lot of people know that uh, that the the Honda um, puts a lot of weight on the front, and um, yeah, the 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 new the new bike puts even more weight on the front. So um, yeah, I had to you have to hold it up again somehow. And anybody who know any suspension guy that's listening to this, they'll know from. From working with me, that I I really like it stiff in the front, but yeah, for me it it's it's not stiff, but for them on paper it's stiff compared to everybody else. But for me, I just like the ride height a lot, and because of the lack of movement in my wrist now, I need the forks to do a lot of the work for me because uh, I don't have the movement to like push against the handlebars. So I only have like a small surface area to hang on to the handlebars. And if the forks don't do the work for me, then my hand just easily slips off for obvious reasons. And um, yeah, so we were struggling with like trying to hold it up. And uh, I yeah, from March on, I was asking for heavier fork springs. And um, yeah, my suspension technician wanted to go a different way with valving and whatnot. And for me, whenever whenever we've gone to try and like get the hold up of the forks through Belving, it's just always harsh for me, like for the especially for the small bumps. And that's when the arm pump comes. And then it was uh yeah in the Indonesia GP, um yeah, we had a big meeting because the team were really happy with me for for how well I did considering I was sick and like it was one of the best results of the year at the time for me. And um yeah, I said, look guys, it's we're actually we're kinda lucky that it's a it's a flyaway race and the and the track doesn't get so rough because if the track was way rougher, like the suspension is way too soft for me. And um, so I kinda said to them, Hey, look, like uh, yeah, we need to do this. And because I'd been asking for so long, I said either like you guys need to give me what I'm asking for. And, um, yeah, so then before lock we finally went and did testing and, and, um, they let me try what I wanted to try since March. And, um, yeah, we found the setting in, in, in one day, you know, so again that's another one of those things that frustrates you is like damn if we had to tried that back in march imagine how the whole season would have went you know ah. but um yeah again you can't dwell on that because yeah you can't change the past and um yeah same sort of situation now is um yeah we I struggle to to get the hold up I want and um without making it harsh and yeah um a lot of the
0: x 450. is a great bike. Hey, and um, we've seen Romans just you know one
1: yeah exactly five
0: rounds. He's gelling with the bike. He loves the bike. Um, you obviously love the bike, but it's it, is it a case of it's just not doing what you want it to do at the moment?
1: Yeah, at the moment, it's just we haven't we haven't found a setting that that suits my riding style. And um, yeah, we can't really compare with with Roman because he's on a different suspension brand and um, yeah, it's it's a really difficult one because I Roman's on like a
0: diff, completely different suspension. Yeah, ah, uh, i oh, sorry, I wasn't aware. That's yeah, sorry. So, yeah, he's
1: on he's on shore and I'm on KYB. So and on, and also the the way that he sets up a bike is completely different to how I want to ride it. So like even our engine isn't the same. Um, yeah, I have different engine hangers and. Um,
0: Right, so everybody who's sat at home, kind of listening to this, has just got blown away because they they look at the results, they look at the uh, they, they look at TV and they're just like, well, Mitch is on Roman's bike, isn't he? Yeah. You, you, what you're saying is completely different suspension, and Roman has his bike set up completely different to you.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And one one thing I've found is like uh, going back to what you said about um, uh, like uh, yeah jwr or whatever they're just all for the for the rider and whatnot and um i feel like from my experiences sometimes the suspension guys don't want to um don't want to like listen to me or like uh try my solutions and um yeah, I don't like. Sometimes they they always joke to me like, "Oh, you should be you should when you finish racing, you should be a suspension mechanic because yeah, you're coming up with all the ideas and whereas you should just focus on the riding and we take care of the rest." And, and I said, "Yeah, but uh, like, isn't yeah, that normal. how feedback works? <laughs> hey, isn't that how feedback works? Like, yeah, I, but, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. if I feel something on the track, then I've had." some years of experience where I've had that feeling before and we've done this and we've fixed it, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a hard one, but, um, yeah, at at the end of the day, I I know what needs to be, to be done with the bike at the moment, but we just, we're not able to do it. So, um, and it's a real shame because, yeah, I was so, so, positive and optimistic that my results from the end of last year were just going to transition over into this year and it was going to be a great year you know battling at the front but yeah now in time practice I'm two to three seconds a lap off and yeah it's not fun for me to go there on race weekends and whatnot not not so good for my confidence either and it's uh yeah not doing me any favors to to get a ride next year and um it's certainly bringing down my worth that's for sure
0: um, I guess that's the thing though, isn't it? It's confidence because, um, if you're, if you're running at a speed, you're running, like basically <laughs> let's break it down. Uh, you guys are the top 20 fastest riders in the world. Like the, you know, MXGP and Pro, uh, Pro Motocross, you, you, you rolled that into one, you're one of the 20 fastest riders in the world. Um, but yeah, if you haven't got confidence in a bike, you're not going to be able to perform. the way that you want to perform because again, like I'm not saying that there's like a a cognitive, you know, mental thing there where you're just thinking, actually, you know, well, you've you've come you sustained some serious injuries, some, some career threatening injuries. So that as much as you don't want it to must play in your mind that if you know you're going at these incredible speeds. And when you look at the tracks like France, which were so rough, proper old school where suspension is just literally everything on a track like that where, you know, it, it can help compensate those mistakes, I guess. Um and, and if you've got that in the back of your mind, that's not gonna help you uh, you know, ride to your potential, is it? Yeah. As much as you say you don't wanna you don't you know, you don't want it to affect you and stuff, it is going to, isn't it? It's gonna Yeah,
1: it, of course. It, it, you can you can tell yourself all you want that oh yeah yeah it doesn't affect me but yeah of course it if you have a little bit of doubt in the bike then you're not going to be the best especially against guys like Jeffrey and Roman and Tim you're you're never going to be as good as them especially like yeah if you watch uh, if you watch uh, Jeffrey in the sand how well he plays with the bike and whatnot and if you don't have feeling in the sand like that then yeah you have no chance against them because if you see a bump and you want to like jump it and jump over the next bump but you expect the bike to follow you when you do that and it just falls down the other side of the bump and you aren't able to like jump everything then what what are you meant to do like there's nothing else you can do except just ride it like a bucking bull you know so (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: Buckaroo, remember Buckaroo? Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the great thing is, is like, uh, you know, as much as uh, I can, you know, I can sense the frustration. Like in 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 the injuries, in you know, you missed the first four rounds this year. Um, you're you're 14th in the points of the world championship. Um, there's 13th. A- yeah, I think. Huh? 13th 13th I I sorry, sorry. <laughs> hang on let me just check let me just check
1: uh, who cares we're, we're nowhere near where i want to be so. no
0: no no well, you're you're joint 13th with with ben watson so um the uh with renault in guadagini um uh both injured um there's a good chance buddy that you could hit the top 10, you know. We we've got five rounds left, 300 points up for grabs. Get a couple of 1-1s, you know, who knows. Um but but you know, even with like missing four rounds and I'm trying to be positive here because actually <laughs> I know you're not happy. It's not where you want to be. You want to be in that top 5 and you know you're capable of being in that top 5. But at the end of the day, you know, if you come out of if you go if you come out of the season, um you know, in, with five rounds to go, you can get top 10 in, in the world. You're, you're top 10 in the world. You know, that's not, you know, let's not, I know you want to be top five, but top 10 after missing four rounds, it's still a great result.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, I don't really care because, uh, yeah, I'm, I miss, I've missed less rounds than than guys, like you said, Renault and, and Gordonini. Uh, they've missed more rounds than me and they're still ahead of me in the championship, you know? So, but, uh, such a yeah. person <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day like uh when when i missed the first four rounds we that was the plan like we come back and yeah we don't care about the championship result and we just worry about race weekends and um yeah that's that's one thing i want to make clear is like uh that was yeah uh not a decision but that was like advice from from auntie the team manager and and uh yeah like everything within the team i'm really really happy with and they they offer so much more support than than any other team and yeah when i go to the race weekends with them i'm like proud to be with them and um it's a shame that that yeah we haven't been getting the results that that we deserve as a team and Um, yeah, unfortunately it's just because, yeah, I don't, like you said, I don't feel comfortable on the bike and we just can't find the setting that, that we need to, to run at the top level because yeah, if you guys go to a race weekend and you watch how fast those guys are at the front, then everything needs to be perfect to be able to beat them, especially Prado at the moment, you know? So, um, but yeah, as far as the team side goes, I'm really, really happy and yeah, before I joined the team, a lot of people like warned me about a lot of things and blah, blah, blah. But for me, I'm really, really happy there. Um, I just really wish that I was 100% happy with the bike because it would be an unstoppable force. Then and then we'd easily be in top top five in the championship then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would have been, uh, you know, I, you know, a lot of people are rooting for you this year, especially what you've, you've come through because you've had to tackle so many hurdles, had so many challenges to overcome. And, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, but hey, five more rounds to go. Um, regarding team, team and next year, has there been an offer on the table yet?
1: Uh, nothing, nothing at the moment. But, uh, the, the one thing is that we could probably, uh, I'm probably in a position where I can do my own, uh, full gear deal as well as, um, a, like a painted helmet sponsor. So, um, yeah, that, that could be quite a good thing because it's always something that I've wanted to do is, is have a relationship with, um, with like a gear deal or something and not just be through a team. Yeah. Um. I understand why it's all team, team deals over here in Europe. But uh, yeah, having like a personal re- relationship with the gear deal. Um, yeah, that would be really cool because yeah, I would like to do some videos and, and whatever else comes with it, you know, not just yeah, go racing and, and wear their gear. So um, I'd really like to build like a relationship like that with, with the company.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. So, um, so potentially that's what you're kind of looking. F- so, obviously, was that is that either way? So, if you stay on the team, you can get your own team deal, or if you leave the team, you, you get your own team. You, you can get your own gear deal. Sorry.
1: Yeah, at the moment, that that's like kind of my main focus. Um, yeah, we don't really know which sort of way we're going. Um, whether it's uh, yeah, continuing to race in Europe or or even in America. Um. So yeah, we okay. see. What? <laughs> what? What is this? But uh, that's all I can say at the moment. But uh, yeah, yeah. It, uh, that that's one. Like I said, one thing I'm really looking forward to is uh, building a relationship with uh, with the uh, gear brand like that.
0: Because uh, I think a few people probably don't realize, but you, you ride supercross as well, hey? You you rode in Australian supercross for years.
1: Yeah, we. Oh, I did. Um, what was that? Three, three or four years of uh, Supercross in Australia. Um, yeah, I haven't done it since 2018, but um, it's something that I always enjoyed. So, um, yeah, for sure. If if I were to go and do that, then I'd rather rather go now than than when I'd get too old, you know.
0: Yeah. So um. Uh, so am I allowed to start some rumors now?
1: go for it mate whatever we'll you we
0: we'll get we we'll get the clicks up so uh what we're saying is it going to be yellow or is it going to be red because that's probably two teams in America that would uh <laughs> always looking for a for a talented australian
1: you're um you, you can make that call mate yourself
0: <laughs> um no, so so where do you see yourself mitch where if if you had um you know if if where where would you like to be racing next year
1: Yeah. I would still like to be racing in Europe. Um, I have everything set up here and, and yeah, I have my girlfriend here and and her family as well. And I'm really happy with how everything is here and I've settled in quite well to Europe. Um, yeah, I've been here now, this is my fifth year now. So, um, yeah, it's like, I got my life set up here. So if I'd have to move countries again, then yeah, I don't really want to do that. And, um, but yeah, I know the scene here and and yeah, like I said I'm really happy here so um that could be yeah. Staying here would be my my first option. Option, but you're kind of not ruling out
0: like anything else so if there's sort of teams out there which are kind of looking for a rider next year and you know, you're open to offers.
1: Yeah, open to anything at the moment so um yeah, like I said my my results this year aren't doing me any favors so and, uh, yeah, it's quite unfortunate because, yeah, I know I know what potential I have and, and what uh, what uh, results I, I could get if I was, yeah, like I said, 100% happy with, with uh, my feeling on the bike. But, um, yeah, at the moment we're just keeping our options open to anything.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so we're not ruling out Supercross. We're not ruling out America. We're not ruling out MXGP for another year. Uh, what about something like if you were to uh, like uh, like what about like a European deal, sort of like European GP's, and so, or something like that. you you kind of open to everything, or do you just like headset on? I wanna I wanna just do MXGP or or across Supercross.
1: Anything, honestly, anything. Um, yeah, like I said, I uh, we're open to anything at the moment. Um, doesn't matter whether it's yeah America or um, Europe or just, yeah, like uh, ADAC series or, or anything, or even, yeah, like Supercross in Germany or even the World Supercross. Um, yeah, anything at the moment. Um, one thing that is for sure, and this is something that I've been wanting to do for, for a very long time, um, especially, yeah, a lot of people in Australia would, would know this, that uh, ever since I turned, like, professional in Australia in 2017, and I really started to train and and uh yeah understand that side of things i always thought okay one thing i can do when i finish racing is um is like training programs or, or helping others you know um so that's what i'm going to start um soon is uh yeah offering training programs not only for physical training but uh f- like riding and coaching side as well so yeah i want to split it into like three different tiers like you can do like uh yeah a physical program and writing and training and coaching um together or one or the other and uh it'd be like yeah monthly payment and we work through like training peaks and just uh via call and and facetime and whatnot and can send me videos and everything and um yeah when i when i had the year off in 2021 yeah i had to look at what else i would do for racing and that was one thing that i really could see myself doing so i started to learn a lot more about it and um yeah now that's something that i'd really like to do so um yeah i want to also help like the the younger guys from from australia you know um that's that would be yeah in 5 or 10 years time that would be something that i'd really want to do is yeah, like try and help them um come from australia and come over to europe you know and if i can help them out in any way
0: you're like a walking you know knowledge board of all this stuff because you've literally seen <laughs> it, been there, done it over the last five years when you think about you know you set up with livia and then yeah. based in lomo i mean you're like a shortcut for all these guys in australia to come to gps
1: yeah absolutely that's um yeah for sure when i moved over here in 2000 at the end of 2018, I would have loved to have known what I know now, but I guess that that's everybody every year. You know, they always say, I'd love to
0: know know this week's lottery numbers.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You and me both, mate. Um, But, uh, yeah, that's like I said, that's something I've been wanting to do for a long time. And I thought, yeah, if I can kind of get it started now and, um, yeah maybe in a couple of years time then then that'd be something that yeah that i really want to do because the way the way that i look at that is is how i look at motocross nations you know is um yeah i want the best for for team australia and i want the best for the youngsters in australia as well you know i want to try and help put australia on the map and and get more people racing overseas and whatnot because yeah we have such great talent from, from Australia and it's just unfortunate that we're so far away because yeah, if they were a lot of them were over here, then for sure they would be top ten in in GPs, you know. So um, yeah, if I can play any part in, in helping them get over here or, or, or prep them in Australia for a few for a few years before they come over here, then then that'd be something that would make me really happy.
0: Ah, that's cool, and and let's talk about um, Australia and Team Australia. Has there been any any contact so far for Nations this year?
1: Uh, yeah, there has been. Um, I mean, yeah, I kind of speak to some of the guys kind of all year round. Um, but yeah, as far as uh, talks of who's on the team, I mean, obviously the two Lawrence brothers are. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, you have to send your applications in, and they were meant to be in on the Friday before um, before Finland. So um, thanks to my mum, we got that sent in. Good work, Callie. So, yeah, <laughs> so I uh, can always count on her. So um, yeah, we got that got that sent in. So now it's just a waiting game to to hear what happens. Um, yeah, I know there's yeah quite a lot of debate over who the third rider is going to be but um yeah i put my hand up and I'd love to be there because yeah oh it's always great to represent your country um the and at R&A, I mean yeah the crowd there's going to be unreal you know so I think even even if I don't get picked and I'm not racing I think I'll still go there to support the guys that's cool um I mean
0: let's face it, it's going to play into your hands, isn't it? You rode her in a, uh, multiple times. You've obviously lived in France. You've, I'm sure you've trained on that track, uh, quite a bit. Um, but it's, you know, that, that track as well lends itself to, to your type of riding. Hey.
1: Yeah. Um, actually I only ever did the, I've only ever done the, the GP there last year. So I've only, yeah, ridden there once. Um, but yeah, that, that's I prefer that kind of style of track um yeah with the long ruts and the the off
0: cambers and
1: yeah off cambers and yeah the hills and whatnot I mean yeah my claim to fame from there last year was p1 in the warm-up on Sunday so everybody knows how important the warm-up is (laughs) exactly Um, yeah but uh but no like uh yeah like I said if 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 I had that the setting in my bike that I had at the end of the season, yeah, I really feel like I could have been top five there that weekend. So, um, yeah, it's a track that that I really – well, that I liked last year. And um, it was quite nice with a little bit of rain and whatnot. So it made the track even more, like, technical or whatnot. And, um, yeah, it's in, what, October this year. So for sure with how the weather's been <laughs> lately here, it's sure going to be a little bit wet. So, but this. Uh, I
0: guess, like from a team manager's point of view, Australia, he knows what he's getting with you. You, 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 you went there last year. You rode in obviously tough conditions in 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 uh, Redbud. Obviously, he knows after the injury. But let's face it, the the nations are uh, you know it's going to be touch and go whether the weather's going to be good at an a and if it is going to be a wet one and a then that track's going to be tough. You're kind of uh, in Europe, acclimatized, and, and everything else is. It, it would make sense, I guess, from, uh, you know, like it ticks all the boxes. You, you're obviously riding in the world championship, right against these riders uh, anyway. So I guess there's a lot which goes into your favor.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think, um, I think uh, the Cowie trucks are going to have to go anyway for Roman um, because, yeah, for sure, team France him. Um yeah. And yeah, I think another thing, especially if it's going to be a wet weekend, then, then, yeah, one thing that's really good about the cow is yeah, our starts are are really good. So, um, it would be really important to get, to get a good start there, especially if it's wet. I mean, it's already really important to get a good start there when it's dry, because those first couple of turns are quite tight and the field spreads out really quickly. So, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I would love to go, but, um, yeah, if, if, uh, if, the selectors think that somebody else is better off going than me, then, then I'm happy to step aside and support them still. Cool.
0: What a team player. Um, fair play.
1: Um, yeah, man. That's, I think that's the Aussie nature, no?
0: Yeah, that is, that's where you guys are different to most people. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mitch, it's been, uh, it's, it's been really good to catch out with you as well. And, uh, I think it's important for, um, or, uh, you know, sometimes the stories, uh, you know, like when we talked to you over, you know, the couple of years, you know, it kind of gets kind of like, uh, what would you say? Yeah. Lost a little bit. Yeah, because... Obviously, people don't sometimes don't understand what you've been through. And I think, you know, with this with this podcast, we've kind of, we've talked through the injuries, we've talked about where, you know, everything that you've come through to, to oh. be where you are now. And even though you're not happy with being uh, joint 13th in, in the world, let's just let's say that again, 13th in the world championship. And let's face it, the, the top 10 in the world championship, they're all race winners. They're all guys who can get a podium. Like the world championship at this level it's insane, isn't it? Those, those got like the guys you're racing against are literally the best in the world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, excluding the handful that are in America. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, you say 13th, like, yeah, it's good. But uh, at the end of the day, where I, like my competitive level, where I finished last year, you know, is nowhere near what I'm at now. So that's the only reason why I'm not happy. And um, yeah, I feel like it's probably brought me down a little bit lately. And uh, it's something that I kind of yeah got to be a little bit more positive about and see, try and see the see the sunshine through all of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I would, yeah, it's one thing that I really want to be back at the top and, and fighting with the best. And yeah, I really want to get a podium uh, before the years. Yeah. I said that last year and came <laughs> quite close, but uh Very close. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately it didn't quite happen, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it will come in time and just got to, keep going at it and uh we'll get there but uh yeah like you said it's uh good to good to catch up because yeah a lot of things get lost and um i'm not the greatest on social media either so are oh, you terrible absolutely terrible <laughs> so uh so a lot of people um probably yeah don't get to see the see the full story and i saw a lot of people's comments um that uh yeah i'm still just trying to come back from injury but uh yeah, my fitness level and everything else is is probably the best that it's ever been. And um, yeah, if I was hundred percent comfortable on the bike, then there's no reason why I wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be in the top five every weekend. So, um, yeah, I've been back riding enough since my injuries and whatnot. And yeah, my thumb injury at the beginning of the year was only a little injury, and uh, yeah, nothing else has really changed since uh, since Turkey last year. You know. And uh, we all saw my speed in Turkey last year, so um, I would just love one day for for yeah to go to the track and be like, where well, I feel really, really comfortable on this bike, and then um, you you won't have to ask me if I feel comfortable on it because you'll see it on the timing sheet.
0: That's cool. I mean, there's a couple of nice tracks coming up for you. Obviously, um, Matley Basin, you've always done well. Um, I can remember a few years ago leading Hurlins. Um, I mean, it, it, Matelly, you know, like we know you can, we know, you, we know, you, we know you can be at the front. Um, that's that's not even that doesn't come into question. But you know, Matelly is is a track that that's obviously done well for you previously. Um, obviously Turkey last year. we got those yeah. coming up. What about Sweden, Udavella? Is that a track you like?
1: Yeah. Well, how can I not when I won the qualifying race there uh, last year? So oh,
0: there we go. So. Uh, so you've got like sort of uh, you got you got three or four really good tracks coming up so um, you know if, we, if if you can get our bike dialed in the way that you want it then uh, who knows it could be a really good exciting uh, end part of the season
1: yeah um, yeah also Majora is a really nice track too so um, yeah uh, I would love to yeah love to be able to go to the race weekends and and be really comfortable on the bike because uh, yeah we're We would uh, have two Kawasaki's at the front and um, I'm sure not only myself, but everyone in the team would be really stoked on that. So um, yeah, hopefully we can get that done sometime this year.
0: I surely would. Um, Mitch, thanks ever so much for joining us on Between the Races podcast. Uh, The second part, or it would have been a part two, but the end part is brought to you by Evenstrokes, evenstrokes evenstrokes.com is the place to go and buy your Just One Kit, what Mitch Evans and Roman Febvre wear uh, at MXGP. Helmets from £99 and full kids' kits from £60. So uh, Just One Kit, available online at evenstrokes.com. Mitch, uh, I hope to see you in Sweden. If Vice can get enough money up together, we, uh, we might be there. <laughs> if not, it will be, uh, it'll be another remote one for me this week. So... <laughs> Funds are tight this year. It's been uh, it's been a bit of a struggle for MX Vice, but um we'll keep we'll keep pushing. Um a bit like you, we've had a couple of injuries this year in, uh, and yeah. uh you know and a few few setbacks, but you know, we keep we keep powering through.
1: Yeah, I can understand where you come from, mate.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Uh that's yeah. it. Thanks, uh, thanks everyone. Um uh, Kawasaki UK, S3 Performance Parts, Even Strokes, Thor Scott um you guys are awesome thanks for all your support this year and uh that's it from me and from Mitch Evans
1: thanks for having me mate cheers buddy